Valence has been in my mind, in some form, for almost a decade now. Putting voices to those characters has been one of the scariest and most exciting things to date. Last episode, we told you all about our casting call. On this episode of Scoring Magic, we'll tell you all about our casting process. Housekeeping time! First, and most importantly, our Indiegogo is now live. At the time of recording, we are 70% funded, but we record in advance, so hopefully it's more percent as you're listening. Part of our campaign is announcing cast members at each subsequent 10%, so I can now share with you that Alex Welch is playing Noelle Alden, Josh Rubino is playing Liam Alden, our protagonist, Elena Fernandez-Collins is playing Soledad Marquez. Giancarlo Herrera is playing Luis Acebo. Ishani Kanetkar will be playing Mahira Varma. David S. Deer is playing Richard Alden. And John Westover is playing Nicolo or Nico Salvi. You can and should still support us on Indiegogo if you're listening before September 30th, 2019. Please give us your money so we can pay Julia and our actors. We would really like to have some of your money. Today, we're going to talk about the actual casting process. When the casting call opened, we were pretty terrified that nobody would audition. Over the course of the month, we got a total of 346 auditions, which is a lot. But I think it's worth saying that almost all of those were for the characters that had the potential to be cast as cis white men. This didn't really surprise us, but it's worth saying. We had way fewer auditions for our characters of color and our trans characters. While the casting call was open, the three of us tried to figure out which order we would listen to auditions in. Initially, we figured we'd cast our Liam, our protagonist, first. Everyone else had to mesh with him given he's the center of the podcast. Something about that just didn't feel right though. We had so many Liam auditions and we knew we'd have to do callbacks. We wanted a Liam who could play off of everyone else, who sounded good based on everyone else. This meant that eventually we decided to flip our casting process upside down. Liam became the last character whose auditions we listened to, which by the way, for me, was really painful. I just wanted to hear my boy. For the first character, we wanted to make sure it was a character who felt like the core of the story in some way that Liam did. Eventually, we settled on one of the emotional cores, Flynn, previously named Alex, Liam's best friend. The three of us got on a call and opened up the spreadsheet of our auditions. We went to listen and I was terrified. I had never heard words I'd written performed by someone else. I was terrified that if it was bad, I'd be furious or that if it was good, I'd just be sobbing. I didn't know how to emotionally prepare for my big, dumb, emotional self. We listened to the first audition and... Too old. He sounds too old for the role, yeah. Yeah. Like by a lot. Okay. okay. So notes on that one, too old. old. 
He yeah. sounds yeah, he does not sound young enough for Alex. Okay. Also, and this is not like a term, but not sunshiny enough. Yeah, legit. I feel like I Alex has more effervescence to him. Mm-hmm. He's a little more bubbly. And it was pretty uh normal. Pretty normal. If the audition had been the one we'd eventually go with, my response might have been different. I might have cried, but by the time we got to our winning audition, I was already used to the audition process and hearing my words performed. I still had a lot of feelings when I listened, but it wasn't quite as emotionally overwhelming as I initially thought. This is very cute. Oh, I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that we don't need to go there is real good. Yes. Mm-hmm. I oh. think this would be an extremely good foil for Liam's shit. Yeah. That The almost crying yeah, I, take that the other person did was good. I think this is a good foil for when Liam gets all, I'd be fine if I didn't exist anymore. Yeah, this uh, this was perfect. Yes, I mean, this was. Yeah, like yep. I like I, uh, I listened and I was like, "That's Alex." This is like, peak Alex. Yeah, yeah, I actually one second, for the other ones. For the other ones, I was um, like sitting at my computer, just like watching the screen. Mm-hmm. And for uh-huh. this one, I actually I sat back in my computer chair and closed my eyes just to like yeah, picture Alex and yeah, the yeah. bean. Yeah, I, I, I full on teared up. Casting Flynn was easy for us. And then we got to the other characters. Eventually, listening was just exhausting. As it should be. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. We can do this. Can we? We had to really prioritize saying no to the people who, off the bat, were just not the right fit for our characters. We wanted to give everybody a fighting chance, But sometimes when you listen, you realize this person is way too old or way too young. and There's not much we can do about that. It's good to keep in mind that for those instances, if you're casting, you can just skip to the next audition. You're not a bad person for doing it. You're just taking care of yourself. And you're taking care of the role that you're trying to cast. So, for instance... This was especially true for us when it came to Richard's auditions. We got a ton of them and eventually just started putting the note to baby next to auditions where the person was, you know, to baby, just way too young. On top of that, the sides we wrote were confrontational because that's who Richard is. But this meant we essentially had to be yelled at across 44 different auditions. Listener, don't be like us. Make sure that the sides you write are all things you'll be okay with hearing over and over and over. Now, going back to crying again, because we all know I do it a lot. This isn't to say that no auditions made me happy cry. You better believe I happy cried. Like, duh. 
So this story is going to take a little bit of background. As we listen to auditions for Nico, originally Finn, there was one audition that wasn't quite right, but something about it stuck with us. It was too refined for my trash son, Nico, but the actor really went there with improvisation. There was a trust and a willingness to be bold that we loved, and the timbre just sounded right, not for Nico, but for Valence. When we finally got to the auditions for Liam, we had a few choices that we really liked, but none of them quite hit. Remember last episode when we said we wished we would have added direction to our sides? This was the worst when it came to Liam. See, Liam's the protagonist, and it said so in his character description, but frankly, he kind of reads like an antagonist on the page, mostly because he thinks of himself as an antagonist. That meant that most of the auditions we got made a lot of sense when read in a vacuum, but they missed the mark completely for Liam as a character, especially based on his character description. Actors, when you're auditioning, please read the character description and read it closely. Still, if we'd taken the sides and added some direction to them to explain how we wanted them read, they probably would have been a lot clearer to everyone auditioning. That's our bad. When we sent out the new sides for callbacks, we didn't make the same mistake as our first sides. Not only did we include direction, we also sent along a collage of aesthetic inspiration for Liam, which you can now see on our Indiegogo campaign. We wanted to show that he's refined, minimalistic, macabre, and incredibly pretentious. This really helped our actors give something clearer and more solid to embody when sending in their next round of lines. We also took this time to make sure that all the actors in the callbacks would be okay with the emotional toll the role might take, along with some other questions about comfort in the role. We'd already expressed some of this in the casting call in audition form, but it was a good opportunity to give the actors one last chance to decide whether or not they really wanted to play through a panic attack or flirt with somebody during a table read. So, back to that Nico audition. After some talking, we realized that the refined edge might actually be a great fit for Liam, even if it wasn't a great fit for Nico. After all of this, we finally let ourselves see who the audition was for, and we sent him an invitation to callbacks along with the others. He sent in his callback, this time playing Liam instead of Nico. Here's my initial reaction. Fuck. That last one, though. Fuck. I was taken off guard by how Liam that was. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a good sign. One thing I like that he did, I don't know if y'all, like, picked up on it, is he placed each take in a different, uh, like, like, placement vocally. So there were some that relied more on vocal, there, like the third take of each relied more on a deeper vocal fry, the middle take of each was more nasal, and then the first take of each was more front of the mouth, um, which is 
very impressive, and I don't know if he was aware he was doing that. <laughs> I didn't pick up on the pattern. I could hear they were different, but I yeah. am clearly not as schooled in vocal things. <laughs> I only know because of, um, I had a physical linguistics unit in a linguistics uh-huh. class. Um, but yeah, like, so I think that for each take, he was putting on a different kind of character for each mm-hmm. separate, you know, thing. And all of those characters lived in a different place in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a mouthful of characters. Yep. Um, but I like that. I I think He's that got the range. Like literally. Yeah, and I think that the the ad libbing going in such just a yeah. violently Liam direction is yeah. To me, yep. at least, not necessarily more important, but I think it is definitely um, a big part of what to consider. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious. We knew who we had to go with. I didn't cry at the time, but I did cry later when I listened again, off the call. And I did cry when I played this audition off of our winning Flynn audition, too. And did I freak out when our actors started signing their paperwork and being onboarded, ending with Josh Rubino signing his paperwork to come on as our Liam? Yes. Yes, I did. Is that a lot of crying? Yes. Do not underestimate me. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, so I am at my day job and campus is like really bustling today, even though it's summer. It's July 30th, and we just cast our Liam. <laughs> and everything suddenly feels really real, and I'm trying not to cry, and I'm really stoked. Uh, but I had to slip out, because I kept almost crying at my desk. Um, yeah, this is, it's happening. And... <laughs> it just feels really good, and I'm really happy with our choice, and with everything. That's all. Our steps were pretty straightforward. Using Rocket Lawyer, we had all of our cast members sign an agreement and an NDA. Word to the wise, if you use the consultant agreement on Rocket Lawyer, it includes an NDA. Don't you double the work like I did. Once they signed all the paperwork, we added them to a private Discord server so everyone could meet and hang out, and so that we had a central location for communications with them. Because we had all the data for our other auditions from our Google form, we used a mail merge to send specific rejection emails to specific groups of auditioners. The mail merge was a lifesaver. It meant that we could personalize every rejection just a little bit by saying, Dear your name, we received your audition for character name. We could do this all in a way that was automated. It's a nice touch. It makes sure that everyone is accounted for, and it makes sure that you have as little work on your hands as possible. We had two different rejection emails. One rejection email was standard. Thanks for auditioning, but we're going in another direction. One rejection was a little more tailored. We're going in a different direction, but is it okay if we contact you about other roles? For everyone who said yes to that email, we've added their name to what we're calling our Rolodex, an Excel spreadsheet that we can access at any time. 
This is where we'll pull actors from if we need bit parts, and we have a lot of those, or for consideration as we write the next seasons. From that Rolodex, I already have some ideas for characters for the next seasons. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. This way, we can keep track of everyone we really loved and try to find ways to get them involved. Highly recommended, Rolodex, top notch, get on it. So, it's been a few weeks now, a month maybe, or two months maybe, I don't, I don't know what time is anymore, um, but with our cast, and I just, y'all, I just really love them. I really love them. I keep thinking about how I almost dropped this project so many times, and how I'm not only really making it, which is uh, ter terrifying to talk about right now, but also really exciting. Um, but I'm also making it with a team I love and respect and cherish so much. And we've become kind of this nice little family. I, I talk to them all the time and I've made new friends and, you know, people that I never would have met otherwise or people who I only kind of knew, but now I consider really close. Um, okay. That's enough happy crying for now. Next time on Scoring Magic, we're gonna talk to you about some nerd shit. Buckle in for some of the most important information about building a podcast collective, the money. Gonna let Anne take the reins on that one. I'm baby. Scoring Magic is a Hug House production. The music this week was by Broke for Free. You can find more on Hug House Productions at hughouse.productions.